Welcome to The Hoop Commitment. I'm your host, Mike Nielsen. Join me every week to get inside the greatest minds in basketball nutrition, training, and leadership to elevate your game and improve the way you eat, train, and lead. Welcome to episode 93. And this has been a fun summer of strength conditioning so far with Travis Knight, our men's basketball strength coach. We've had a ton of time to think and rethink our training strategies. And one of the concepts that we continually talk about is repetition without repetition. How do we get our athletes' repetition to improve without burnout or overuse injuries? How do we make a skill more robust, more adaptable, and more transferable to the court? I heard Bruce Lee said that he doesn't fear the man who's practiced 10,000 kicks once. He fears the man who's practiced one kick 10,000 times. And we all know that if you want to be a great shooter, you need to be on the court repping out shots. And if you want to get stronger in the gym, one workout isn't going to do it. You need to continually groove the move, practicing the skill over and over, but not necessarily the same way every time. In fact, I believe that variation is the key to mastering a move. If you want to get more efficient and effective in a low lunge drive position, doing the same lunge 10,000 times isn't the best way to do it. If you want to be a great shooter, doing the same spot-up shots from the same angle in the same rhythm isn't the best use of your time. Because we know in a game, you'll never shoot the same elbow jumper twice. Sometimes you'll be coming off a screen. Sometimes you'll catch it in rhythm. Sometimes you'll have a hand in your face. And sometimes you'll be drifting. Now, it's all the same elbow jumper with subtle tweaks. And anyone who works on coming off flare screens knows that moving away from the basket is way harder than shooting from the same spot but moving towards the basket. And that's why doing repetition without repetition is so important. It will make the skill more robust and adaptable to the uncontrolled environment of a basketball game. And so today, I wanted to share a system that I adapted from the Gray Institute. In their Certification of Applied Functional Science, they teach a collection of observational essentials, which are ways to tweak or progress any movement or any exercise. And since you already know how much I love the power of three, I broke down the observational essentials into three categories so that I could easily remember them and regress any movement or progress any skill. And each category has three strategies. So by the end of the podcast, you'll know the nine ways I tweak movements on the court and in the weight room. Now, the first bucket of tweaks I call traditional because it's what strength coaches have been doing in the weight room since the beginning of time. We traditionally progress exercises by increasing the weight, making the lift faster, or by adding more reps. And so we'll call this load, rate, and duration. As a strength coach, I'm constantly adding more load or changing the speed or changing up my rep schemes. Now this next bucket of tweaks, the Gray Institute calls the triangulation, which takes into account the three axes of rotation or the three planes of motion. We'll define these as height, distance, and angle. And so whether you're on the court or in the weight room, you could tweak any exercise by subtly changing the height that you perform it at the distance that you travel, or the angle that you do the move at. In this last bucket, I call territory, 
because it has to do with your physical environment and how your body relates to it. And so the three strategies in this bucket are environment, position, and driver, which means you could do the exact same exercise, but in a different environment, and your body has to adapt and grow and learn. And so today, we'll go over these nine strategies that are placed into three buckets for ease of use. And for all you basketball players out there, I'm going to apply the traditional triangulation and territory strategies to help you finish at the rim and show how you can do repetition without repetition on the court. And now hopefully you're already practicing finishes. And so these subtle tweaks will only enhance what you're already doing. And for all you strength coaches and trainers like me, I'm going to apply the same traditional triangulation and territory strategies to a foundational movement that we do in the weight room every week, which is a lunge. But we don't lunge the way that most people think about lunging. And so I'm going to share the philosophy and the variations I use to help our players be more athletic on the court. And now, of course, I'm not expecting that you'll remember all nine ways to tweak a skill. I've been doing this for a lot of years, and I still keep a cheat sheet on my computer for when I do program design. When I sit down to write a workout, I look at those nine things. Load, rate, duration, height, distance, and angle, and environment, position, and driver. And I apply them to every exercise that I want to progress and enhance. And so if you're a strength coach like me, you might want to think about writing these nine things down and commit them to memory. But for those of you who aren't strength coaches, my thought in sharing this today was in hopes that you could take one or two ideas and subtly change the way you practice and deepen your skills. So let's start with the first bucket, which is the traditional way strength coaches progress exercises. The strategies in this bucket are load, rate, and duration. Or another way of saying this is the amount of weight you lift, the speed at which you lift it, and the sets and reps. So if you want to get stronger in a lunge position, you can increase the load of the movement by simply holding 5-pound dumbbells. And as that gets easier, you can go to 10, 15, and 20-pound dumbbells. And this is pretty easy to understand in the weight room, but we don't always think of using load on the court. And so if you want to finish better at the rim, you can also increase the load of the movement by having a coach put light pressure on your hips or shoulders as you drive to the rim. And to make it more difficult, they can grab the contact pads and hit you even harder, trying to knock you off your line. The second strategy is to change the rate or speed of the movement. If I want to challenge the balance of my athletes, I can either speed up or slow down the lunge. A common tempo I use is a three countdown on the eccentric part, a two-second isometric hold at the bottom, and then have them explode up as fast as possible. And if you want to improve the way you finish around the rim, try changing up your tempo after you pick up your dribble. It's almost impossible to guard players that are constantly changing pace. So during your drills, sometimes speed up as you take your two and a half steps, or sometimes slow down. And if you're really crafty, you'll do a combination of the two. And the last strategy in this bucket is duration. We all know that three sets of 10 lunges is totally different than 10 sets of three lunges and way different than doing 30 lunges at once. And it's similar with shooting. Having to make five finishes at the rim is totally different than having to make five out of 10. And it's even more challenging to make five in a row. 
Now, I love tweaking this variable because it simulates the pressure that a player feels and the importance of one shot in the game. And so if you're a basketball coach or player, learn from us strength coaches by using load, rate, and duration to subtly tweak your workouts and get repetition without repetition. Now, the next bucket is triangulation, and it's what the Grand Institute is most famous for. Gary Gray has been teaching the importance of three planes of motion since the 70s, and it's a cornerstone of my training philosophy. And now this is an area that basketball coaches have figured out pretty well that us strength coaches can learn a lot about. Now, the first strategy in this bucket is height, which is commonly misunderstood in the weight room. Most of us were taught that the only way to do an exercise is by going down through a full range of motion, which is one way to do it. But it's also helpful to work in partial ranges, especially with movements like lunges and squats. A lunge is basically what players have to do every time they do a direct drive to the rim. And so they need to be quick getting in and out of that transformational zone from all different heights. So you can tweak the lunge by having a player go all the way down and then only coming partially back up before dropping back down again. Or you can work the mid-range by only having them go halfway down. Now, some people might think that's cheating, but if you have a purpose for doing it, you'll see how it could be beneficial and transfer to the court. And tweaking height is a big-time strategy for smaller guards who practice floaters in the lane. After seeing Steph Curry make dozens of high arc and bank shots, I realized that it's not a lucky shot for him. It's something he actually practices. And we do the same thing with our players at Gonzaga. We have our coaches hold up poles and pads that our players have to shoot over when they get to the basket. Now, the second strategy in the triangulation bucket is distance, which is another common tweak that basketball players naturally do on the court. If they can do a runner from 5 feet, they intuitively stretch it out to 10 and even 15 feet. But this is a strategy that's less common in the weight room. You see, most of us were taught the one right way to do a lunge, with our knees straight over our foot, never letting it go past our toes, and then gently touching our back knee to the ground. And this is one right way to do a lunge, but it's just not the only way. Just watch the NBA Finals tonight, and you'll see players doing short and long jab steps, which are basically lunges. So if you want to make your lunging or jab steps more robust, try taking shorter and longer steps. And notice how it makes the move either easier or more challenging. And the last strategy in this bucket is angle. If you come to one of my training sessions, you'll see players lunging forward, backward, sideways, and at every angle imaginable. Because that's what's required of them on the court. But if your athletes are only used to doing a forward lunge, I'd actually encourage you not to make a drastic angle change. I think the best way to progress most skills is to make the subtle change. And so in this case, try doing an anterior lateral lunge or a lunge that's just slightly to the side. I found that the small tweaks are the most powerful because it allows your athletes to be successful in their old patterns while still challenging them and expanding their options for movement. And this is also a helpful one to remember for scoring. Most of us like to practice shooting from straight on taking the majority of our shots from a limited amount of sweet spots. But by changing the angle and shooting shots from the baseline, you'll be more prepared when you get that shot in the game. And now we've made it to the last bucket, which is territory or the physical environment. 
You see, environment is just a big catch-all strategy that can include changing up the surfaces you train on, the machines you train in, the visual and auditory cues you give, or the equipment you use. Basically, it's anything outside your body. In the weight room, we can change the environment by having players lunge on or off an unstable surface. Or I can have them react and lunge in the direction I point to. One common environment tweak I use is having our players hold an aqua training bag on their shoulders while lunging and squatting. It's partially a low tweak because the bags weigh about 10 pounds, but I'm putting it in the environment category because the athlete has to constantly adjust to the changing mass and momentum of the water. And on the court, you can change the environment by using chairs that you have to avoid or the Nike strobe glasses to impact vision. I found that changing the environment is probably the most fun way for players to be creative with finishing at the rim. Now the second strategy in the territory bucket is another one that's misunderstood in the strength and conditioning world. Most of us have been taught to keep our head and shoulders tall while we lunge, and that leaning forward is either cheating or just bad form. And this can be true, but changing the position of the trunk can also be a powerful tweak because it recruits different muscles. When I lean forward, it activates my posterior chain and causes more hip flexion, which allows my glute complex to help out more. Versus when I keep my trunk upright and there's less hip flexion and so other muscle groups have to handle more load. And one of the biggest reasons to change the position of your trunk is that you'll have to do it on the basketball court if you want to be effective. Sometimes you'll need to drop your shoulder down below the defender while other times you'll be upright to create a better passing angle. And the last strategy is driver, which might be one of the most important tweaks as a basketball player. A driver is defined as something that drives motion. So when I shoot a right-handed floater, my right hand is a driver. And when I do a left foot lunge, my left foot is a driver that initiates the chain reaction up my body. During the playoffs, I saw Devin Booker shoot a left-handed runner in the lane, and the announcers went crazy, talking about how skilled he is. And I thought, Devin's probably a master of the nine ways to tweak his finishes. I'm sure he's changing the load, rate, and duration of his workouts. And I know he's tweaking the height, distance, and angle that he shoots at. And he's for sure exploring new environments, positions, and drivers. And we want to do the same in the weight room. Instead of just doing a traditional lunge, I can add more drivers to the movement by reaching my hands to different places in space or grabbing a core ball and pressing it while I do the lunge. They're all just subtle changes that allow for repetition without repetition. So take a look at your workout and see which exercises make sense to progress. While changing the hand you shoot with on a three-pointer might not be a good use of your time, changing the angle that you receive the pass from or the speed that you have to get the shot off with can pay huge dividends. And it's not that shooting 100 shots from the same spot at the same speed with the same pass is bad. It's just that you're not expanding options for movement and the skill won't hold up as well during the chaos of a game. You see, if you've done what you've always done, you'll get what you've always got. And so this offseason is the perfect time to rethink how you're doing things. Keep your training sessions fresh by using different loads, rates, durations, height, distance, angles, and environment, positions, and drivers. 
Now, if you want to learn more ways to use the three buckets to get repetition without repetition, go to hoopcommitment.com and download a free copy of my basketball core training program. I share my six favorite basketball-specific exercises for improving strength on the court. And to all of you who are committed, we'll earn your X.